Well, I would just like to encourage really any listener today to recognize that we are in the last of the last days and we've got a moral obligation, we've got a spiritual responsibility to take the strongest stand we've ever taken in a generation to preach the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ across the earth unrestricted and willing to lay down our lives for the most powerful message. I still believe that the gospel is the power of God and the salvation for them that believe. And so I want to challenge every listener, regardless of the atmosphere around you, do not let the atmosphere change you, change the atmosphere around you. Because God has anointed his church, he's given us power and authority to get the job done. This is Charisma Connection on the Charisma Podcast Network. I'm Chris Johnson. And today we visit New Mexico, a very interesting place called Truth or Consequences. We'll talk about the name of that town, but first let's introduce Pastor Caleb Cooper. He is with Caleb Cooper Ministries. He's a young evangelist and revivalist, I should say, who operates in the apostolic and the prophetic. He's also a strong believer in the soon coming of the Lord. And Pastor Caleb received his doctorate in biblical studies from Fountain Gate School of Revival in Mesa, Arizona. And even as a young man, he's now been a senior pastor for over a decade. He's an author, and he pastors New Hope Revival Church in Truth or Consequences, New Mexico. So, Pastor Caleb, welcome to Charisma Connection. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be on today. Well, it's great to have you today. And, and would you start by telling us about that interesting name of a town that you live in, or a city, I should say? Well, believe it or not, it is an actual city. Some people have asked me before, are you sure that exists? And I'm like, yes, <laughs> it's here. Look on, look on the map, you'll find it. But it used to be named years ago, um, Hot Springs, um, New Mexico. And over time, um, there was actually a game show called Truth or Consequences with, mm-hmm. with Ralph Edwards and and um, he, he pretty much challenged any city that's willing to change their name to Truth or Consequences. He would come and, and you know, obviously Hot Springs here changed their name years ago to Truth or Consequences. And now here we are uh, with that name and they do a yearly event here. And so that's kind of the history of that. So it's kind of birthed out of a game show, but I believe it has a prophetic edge on it where God yes. is using it <laughs> to be to be um, really, really a weapon in the earth to, to put it in front of the face of the people. You know, we, we accept the truth or there's consequences. So, Yes. What a great story. I'm, I'm actually from <laughs> Pennsylvania and we have a lot of interesting town names up there, too. But I was going to ask you if you ever used your city's name in gospel presentations. Yeah, it, it, it obviously comes out very organically, you know, ha, you know, living here and there's a lot of history on the land, you know, maybe maybe another conversation for another time. But mm. we actually it's right next to, you know, the King's Highway, which mm. is called the, the the Camino Real, which is the first superhighway to this continent. And so it goes from Mexico City into New Mexico and ends up in near Santa Fe and Española, which is Santa Fe is the oldest capital city in this nation. And so right next to Truth or Consequences is the Royal Road. The King's Highway. So. Wow, yeah. <laughs> You're, you've got a lot of things to talk about there in your uh, preaching. So, right. so <laughs> you, you're a young man, but you've been in the ministry for some time. So 
what generation would you say you're a part of, and what do you have to say to your generation? Well, I, I'm I'm a millennial, believe it or not. You okay. Know? But you know, I uh, I get along with the older generation just a little bit better. I feel sometimes like I was born outside of my time, but I, I realized <laughs> over time that God, in every generation, He raises up that voice that you know is is still willing to to call people to repentance and and belief or sustainable revival and transforming awakening. I, I joke sometimes with people and I say, I think I'd have did better with John Wesley. Give me a horse, <laughs> 150,000 miles by horseback, 40,000 sermons. And, you know, I, I, I like that type of lifestyle, but you know, I'm a millennial, but I, I've, I've been called, I believe to this generation to sound the alarm. Jesus is coming. He's coming soon. And simultaneously, I believe a great outpouring is going to hit this nation and hit the globe. And, it's time to prepare. So. Mm-hmm. so Jesus is coming soon. Well, you know, we are getting ready for that, aren't we? Maranatha, as they say in the scripture. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so how, how can we get ready for his coming aside from just, you know, being um, pure in heart and, and following the Holy Spirit? Well, one of the the messages that I, I believe burns in me is is calling people to to an absolute place of, of urgency. You know, you've got obviously many different theological backgrounds out there concerning pre-tribulation, mid-tribulation, post-tribulation. At the end of the day, I try to live my life like Jesus Christ is going to come before lunch today. And so that, <laughs> as long as we live with that level of urgency, wow. regardless of what, what camp you fall into, you definitely won't be... Um, you, you, you'll be ready. You'll have confidence on that day when the trumpet sounds. And so every message I preach is birthed out of a place of urgency, all preparation, any writing, like this might be the last moment, even this podcast, like this may be the last podcast I ever get to do because that trumpet could blast at any moment. And so I would call a generation to say, you've got to live a life of urgency. If we'll steward every second, we'll steward the minutes of our day, which will translate into hours into days, into weeks, into years, and that's how we steward a lifetime yielded to the Lord Jesus Christ. And so, that's that's a good word. And uh, you know, they always talk about, you know, you don't know how long your life is going to last. You could, you know, go out and get hit by a car or something like that. Or you know, even with this pandemic, uh, we don't know, you know, if we contract the illness, if we, you know, will have a long life. So. What you're talking about, the urgency of the second coming of the Lord, is kind of the same as if, you know, you think, how are you going to spend your life if you only have a matter of hours or days? So that that's a good way of looking at it. Absolutely. I'm just going to reiterate, you know, the, the reality of, of stewarding seconds, you know, and I know that's hard mm. to do because seconds happen so fast, you know, but over a lifetime, we'll realize it's it's those those moments that we choose to do something or choose to do nothing obviously over time translates into either something or nothing <laughs> you know and i and i want a crown you know i, I know you do too <laughs> i want a crown to lay at the feet of king jesus cuz you know when we get there there's no do overs you know there's no makeup tests mm. you know we can't come back to earth and decide okay god i'll do that ministry you asked me to do we get one shot at doing exploits for the kingdom of god and so mom my heartbeat in this is you know, preaching the uncompromised word of God, but preparing a generation for the return of Jesus. And so I believe it begins in that place of urgency. So, 
Well, you've been described as a firebrand evangelist. So what fires you up? I think we're going to see some of this coming out in this podcast. <laughs> well, I think I think exactly what we're talking about here is, is you know, I don't ever want to live my life, you know, more excited about revival than I am the reviver Jesus. And mm-hmm. I think sometimes we can fall in love with the idea of a move of God and an idea of, you know, whether it's worship or holiness or all these aspects of the Christian life. But at the end of the day, we lose sight, you know, that all this is really about seeing him face to face, even in the midst of the COVID crisis and everything that's happening with the pandemic. I've shared with our church so many times, you know, uh, we've got to get out there, preach the gospel, cast out devils, heal the sick, believe for the supernatural, regardless of the atmosphere around us, because at, at the end of the day, what's the worst that can happen to us? We die and we graduate and go to heaven. Is that so bad to get a mansion, <laughs> to walk streets of gold? We, we, we can't love our lives even unto death. And so, it, once again, it still stems from that urgency to say there's only, the only fear is the fear of the Lord. So that's what fires me up to say, you know what, if I live, I'm going to live for Christ. If I die, I'm going to die for Christ. Live or die, I'm going to do it unto the Lord. But I want him to use me up. Every mm. part of my life. You're sounding a little bit like the Apostle Paul there. <laughs> you, you've read, I, I, you've read I, oh, him before, haven't you? <laughs> I have. I, and honestly, when I look at Christianity, I don't know if there's any other way to live. You know, when mm. I look at every disciple and, and, and the apostles, true Christianity is, is a fearless walk. Mm-hmm. that says, Lord, I'm, I'm not my own. I was bought with a price. Therefore, I'm going to glorify you with both body and spirit because I belong to you. And so he paid a high price for our lives. And I think he wants a return on his investment. What do you think? <laughs> well, we know that. We know that. And you're talking about that crown. Yes, we, we definitely want that crown to be able to cast at the feet of Jesus. So you also are an author. Could you tell us about your writing? Yes. Uh, well, 2020 was an interesting year, obviously, for for probably everybody breathing air, but you know, for me, I, uh, I, I really, I didn't really plan on it happening like this. I think I, I, I broke every book rule out there, you know, cause I've heard <laughs> before when you write a book, wait a while. And you know, the, the second book can cannibalize the first book and all these different things, but I just really tried to be Holy spirit led, ended up self publishing, but three books released in, um, 2020, the first one, uh, pioneering prophetic patterns of purpose, and that's really based on, um, just, just to give you in a nutshell, the Spirit of the Lord has spoke to me. I'm sending a synergetic revival to New Mexico. It's going to be marked by a united people. It's going to be awakened by the past, empowered by the present, mobilized by the future. And there's a lot to that word, and I won't even begin to try to unpack that. But the book is birthed out of this, this revelation where the Lord says, you're going to go to Washington, D.C., son. You're going to go to Azusa Street. And I had no clue why I was going to go to both places. And I said, Lord, why? I mean, this was 2016. Why am I going to go there? And he says, I'm about to converge revival fire and governmental authority. And it was as soon as I said yes to that, then immediately he began to reveal a word. And over time, just in a nutshell, over time, we went all 33 counties of New Mexico based on a word that God had given us, literally two months of, of travel, about 5,300 and something miles on a word. I knew nobody. I just went on the internet, Googled churches and said, hey, here's what the Lord said. Will you host a one night revival? 
Because the Lord said, if you'll go, son, and put boots on the ground, I'll anoint you to prophesy to every single county across New Mexico. And so that book has all the counties, the prophetic words at the end of the book, but also that journey. And so that's the first book, and it released in May of 2020. And then, of course, we could talk about the other one, you know, Jesus-focused, Awakening in Time, Prophetic Strategy. And then the third one, The Convergence of Revival and the King's Arrival. But I'm willing to answer you know, any question you have or any thoughts or whatever you want to talk about concerning them. So, Well, I want to get the name of that first one, Pioneering Prophetic Patterns. What was the rest of it? It's called Pioneering Prophetic Patterns of Purpose, and it's when encountering God, subtitle, when encountering God leads to another encounter. And, and it's really the power of your yes. When you mm-hmm. say yes to Jesus, it creates an encounter. Mm-hmm. That encounter will lead you to another encounter, you know. And so, anyways, we ended up taking the Appeal to Heaven flag. You know, I know you may be familiar yes, with that. Yes. America's first flag. We took it 50,000 miles, did land assignments, and just contending for revival on the land. And mm. so, that, and then the Navajo Nation, there's a whole chapter devoted to the Navajo Nation. All right. It's, it's actually endor- endorsed by the vice president of the Navajo Nation. And, and that's a whole nother story. It's in the book, How We Connected with, you know, what God's doing through the First Nations. But. Ah, very interesting. So I, I am interested in the convergence of Azusa and Washington, D.C. Could you tell us more about that? Sure. So, so what happened with that, when the Lord gave me the word, I was actually traveling back from the East Coast. He said, son, go to Azusa Street, go to Washington, D.C. I mean, I knew it wasn't going to happen immediately. But once we went a few months later after the word, I literally sat down on the the footprint uh, of Azusa Street, 312 Azusa Street. We went to the exact location. Um, So obviously the building's not there, but the Bonnie Bray House is there, not not far from there. But on the actual footprint of the Azusa Street mission, when I sat down, I literally was on a bench. Um, There was was a Azusa Fest happening during that season. And I immediately had a black and white vision of 1906 to 1909 where that revival broke out, which 700 million Christians today draw their connection to. But when I, sit on, when I sat down, I said, Lord, I'm here. I've obeyed. And I had a black and white vision. I began to see the limbs grow back, like people that had arms that were stubs grow out. It was just an open vision. I began to see the signs, wonders, and miracles of that generation. And immediately, the fire of Holy Spirit began to burn on the top of my head, went through my body, and began to burn through my feet. And I heard the Spirit of the Lord say to me, son, go back to New Mexico and, uh, and release Azusa fire. There's only one flame. It's the same flame of Pentecost. And there's strange flame, flame out there. We know how that works. There's strange fire, but there's a real authentic flame. And I want you to call for the state and not just the state, but the nations to contend for the same flame that birthed Pentecost on American soil will be birthed once again in the last days. And so that was the Azusa encounter. The D.C. encounter is a whole other story, but I took the Appeal to Heaven flag. I I, I literally went to, uh, on my way to D.C. to fulfill that assignment, I heard the Lord say, it's almost like he gets you out out there saying yes, and then he's like, well, I need you to go to D.C. some, but first I need you to go to New York City. And so, you know, it's on the way, obviously. (laughs) So we end up stopping in New York in New York City, and here, that's when I hear the Lord say, I'm looking for a man that'll pray George Washington's prayer at ground zero, because we know that's where the nation was dedicated. 
to God. And so I go to Ground Zero right there by St. Paul's Chapel, the memorial site, okay? And I, I just begin to pray. And I literally pray the exact prayer that George Washington prayed on that ground. Hmm. As soon as I prayed that and asked for the freedom wells of revival to begin to, to, to begin to bust open across this nation, it was like God kept giving me another assignment. And that's where that flag started going, the appeal to heaven flag, you know, 50,000 miles over time, of course, but going to different land assignments from, I ended up at one point in, uh, obviously, Pennsylvania Independence Hall, where I, I stood with the appeal to heaven flag. And the Lord said to me, this is crazy because it was, it was 2016 and 2017, but he said to me, the United States Constitution is under siege, son. Hmm. And I heard those words. And at the time, of course, we had our battles in America. I just didn't realize it was as under siege as we're experiencing right now. Yeah, that's you know? right. Mm-hmm. I, had, I had no clue, but God prepares us, you know. So we're on these land assignments, and so much happened during that time. But So what time are we speaking of here? We're, we're talking 2016, I heard the word, okay. you know, and, and, and we start going to, I went to Azusa Street in Washington, D.C. that year. By 2017, we put boots on the ground in all 33 counties of New Mexico. But the connection, which is interesting, this is very prophetic. I, I had the opportunity to go to William J. Seymour's gravesite. Now, I don't believe mm-hmm. in doing weird things at gravesites. I just yeah. believe in, you know, I don't even want to get into that. I just believe right. in honoring those that went before us, you know. Yes, yes. So I heard the Lord say, go. And as soon as I pull up to the cemetery, this blew my mind. He's actually buried in Evergreen Cemetery. Hmm. And the Appeal to Heaven flag has the Evergreen tree. Yes, yes. (laughs) And the Lord had immediately said, I said, I'm converging revival fire and governmental authority in the earth. And there's a lot that's transpired since that. But that book, it it deals with those aspects. I mean, God has connected connected us with other individuals recently in, in government and now we're seeing God put the pieces together because I believe an awakening is coming on the land. It's here to some degree, but it's coming, and, and we're going to see we're going to see some great things, you know. And I know across the earth, God has people doing amazing land assignments like this and and speaking different things. And we've all got a piece to this puzzle. So I'm just thankful to be one piece. And I've heard of um, the the fifth great awakening possibly coming. Um, Right. You know, an, another key Christian leader has said that. But as far as these land assignments, um, where does that term actually come from? I, I, I'm not too sure. I'm sure there's different, you know, biblical beliefs on it. Immediately mm-hmm. what comes to me is, you know, go spy out the land. Yes. You know, when I think of Caleb and Joshua and I think of Moses and God wanted to know, you know, is it is it good or bad? What what grows there? You know, what's what's the his what kind of people are there, you know? And that, that's kind of where, when I think of potentially, you know, spiritually mapping or dealing with the land or confronting those things of old, there's a lot to repent of in this mm-hmm. nation, obviously. And we found that here with native blood that's been shed on this King's Highway, mm-hmm. actually one of the first places that it was shed. You know, most people don't realize the first Thanksgiving actually happened in San Elizario, Texas, which used to be New Mexico territory. It's right outside of El Paso, Texas. There's a plaque in the ground, 1598, the first Thanksgiving. Wow. And so, and you see, you know, Spanish explorers and everything that happened there, but there was a lot of slaying of native blood on this land long before the pilgrims and Indians, you know, of 
of uh, on the East Coast, where we normally yes, draw our connection right. to Thanksgiving mm-hmm. and that history. But right here, 1598 on the on this soil. And so There's it's a, interesting. A lot of history there, and it's it's interesting how all these things converge. And you know, our, we have a great nation, but we also have things in our past that needed to be repented of. Exactly, exactly, and it's and it's been it's been a blessing to to see, you know, God really connect, obviously, and utilize the First Nations, and and you know, there, there's there's a lot of forgiveness that's taken place over time mm, that mm-hmm. God has been able to to heal different things. And so, what do you think is is the future of America? You're you're a prophetic man. Has has God given you some insight into that? Well, I, I do believe that America's, you know, hinging right now. I, I believe the future, I believe, you know, the future of this nation, everything's really hinging on how, how the church is going to respond. You know, I, I often think, you know, many think it's already mapped out. God's in control. We do nothing. But that's not really Bible. You know, they did every, every generation did something. <laughs> mm-hmm. and, we, and we can change the course of things, you know. And I do believe that an antichrist agenda is being presented to this nation and the globe like never before. And we have an absolute responsibility to contend against it. You know, if we're here, as long as we're breathing air on this planet, we've got a responsibility to deal with the powers of darkness as the ecclesia, God's ruling governmental authority in the earth. And so when I think about America, what's happening, the, uh, the, the, really the unconstitutional mandates that are being released, the governmental overreach that's happening in this nation. I believe God is looking into the heart of his church saying, do you believe that I made a covenant with America called the United States Constitution? And if you believe it, will you believe it regardless of the atmosphere around you? Will you Mm -hmm. execute it when mandates are being released? Will you remind law enforcement? Will you remind government officials not of the Constitution necessarily, as much as the covenant that God made with America, a covenant of freedom. And so that's why I believe, you know, and there's so much to that, obviously, but mm-hmm. we can talk more. But, but one piece of that is, you know, is the church going to steward the freedom in this great nation, in the face of conflict, in the face of governmental overreach? And so... That kind of leads into that Jesus-focused book with the sheriff and many different things that's happened in our lives here where we took an unbelievable stance against shutting our church down, any of those things that we felt like violated a covenant with God. And so we can talk more about yes. that, but any questions you may have? Well, a lot of, a lot of pastors have been involved in that fight for sure. So, <laughs> right. And it's ongoing. So... Pastor Caleb Cooper, would you like to share anything in particular with our Charisma Connection audience as we close? Time has gotten away from us, and we've we've certainly touched on a lot of great things here today. Definitely. Well, I would just like to encourage really any listener today to recognize that we are in the last of the last days, and we've got a moral obligation, we've got a spiritual responsibility to take the strongest stand we've ever taken in a generation to preach the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ across the earth, unrestricted, and willing to lay down our lives for the most powerful message. I still believe that the gospel is the power of God and the salvation for them that believe. 
And so I want to challenge every listener, regardless of the atmosphere around you, do not let the atmosphere change you. Change the atmosphere around you because God has anointed his church. He's given us power and authority to get the job done. And so I appreciate Charisma for allowing me to be on and and share some of these things. Well, that's a great challenge. I wonder if you would like to pray for our listeners as we close. Absolutely. So, Father, we just lift up every listener right now. God, I thank you that the blood of Jesus, Father, that DNA of heaven, the genetic code of another dimension that you put on the sons and daughters of God has prepared them to deal, Lord, with the spirit of death that's been released across this nation and the globe. And, Father, I thank you that you cannot be changed, Father. You are God that changes not. And I just pray that every listener right now would recognize that the power of the Holy Spirit is available, God, that you are still moving. There's still a revival coming of unprecedented power and glory. And, God, you are going to pour out your spirit upon all flesh, God. And sons and daughters are going to prophesy, Lord, and dreams and visions are breaking out. And, God, I believe if we'll do our part and steward the covenant that you've made with America, God, through the body of Christ, things are going to shift. So I just pray for every listener right now that they would just begin to cry out in repentance for this nation, for a baptism in the Holy Spirit and fire to execute and advance the kingdom of God and the earth, Lord. And as we do this as the body of Christ, unified in the earth, God, we're going to see great exploits. And we give you glory for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Caleb Cooper, for being with us today. And we want to share your website, which is calebcooperministries.com. calebcooperministries.com. You've got that great name of Caleb. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. I think that's that's appropriate for a young revivalist. <laughs> <laughs> well, I appreciate that. Thank you. Well, thank you for joining us today. God bless you. You too. I'm Chris Johnson, and listeners, you've been with us here on Charisma Connection with Pastor Caleb Cooper. Be sure to check out our other podcast on the Charisma Podcast Network, and you can do that at cpnshows.com, cpnshows.com. And thanks for listening today to Charisma Connection. This has been a production of the Charisma Podcast Network. Steve and Joyce Strang are the founders and owners of CPN. Dr. Steve Green is the executive producer of the Charisma Podcast Network. We intend to honor God with every podcast and remain thankful to our advertisers and supporters who make these podcasts possible. 